Friday night in San Diego. Slater and Lou on News Radio 600 Kogo. Mike Slater and Lou Penrose, good to be with you. Brand new show kicking off this week uh, for San Diego Talk Radio. Gotta love having Mike Slater and Lou Penrose together on the air here on News Radio 600 Kogo. Oh, it's about time. Been over at uh, 760 for 12 years, and now it's a sports station, and I don't know enough about sports. So, stick right. to what we <laughs> Is know. Is that how that works? And come on. Uh, Come on over to Kogo. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I rescued you uh, and brought you <laughs> was, over here. Otherwise, please. you'd be talking about the Padres. Someone let me talk about politics, please. I could fake it. That'd be, that'd be fun. I could fake it for three days, and then I'd be out. I'd be well, out of Look, it's, it's, it's good to be together with you. Uh, I think uh, we have a lot of fun talking about the issues of the day and stories that actually matter uh, to people in San Diego. There's a lot of politics talk out there and a lot of things on the radio and a lot of screaming heads. Uh, the difference, I think, that you and I bring to San Diego is we talk about things that matter to people with actual lives because you and I have actual lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we're curious, too. Uh, and that's really important. We ask questions and uh, don't take face value what we're told uh, from anyone, any side. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, that was the whole last hour about Biden's speech. Why? Why now? What are you saying? Who are you talking about? What's this for? Right? Like, asking these questions and getting to the bottom, I think that's... Uh, uh, what we, what we like to do. And uh, we want to do the same thing at this hour. There's, there's a lot going on that just hasn't made sense to me. Uh, and you and I have talked about it. And I want to talk about it uh, with, uh, with San Diego. And that is what's happening with respect to jobs and the help wanted signs and the amount of jobs that are available and the, the pay is going up, but still people are not showing up. What exactly is making all this happen? So jobs numbers come out every uh, once a month for the last month, and they come out on Friday. Jobs report came out today, shows that 315,000 new jobs were created in this past month. Here's White House Press Secretary uh, Karine Jean-Pierre giving the good news. As you know, the good news is in August, the economy created 315,000 jobs, which is important. We have created nearly 10,000 million jobs since President Biden took office. Wait, hold that. Yes. That, that, that can't be right, right? That'd be a tremendous amount. <laughs> created nearly 10,000 million jobs since President Biden. 10,000 million jobs. All right, I, I think it's it's 10 million jobs. No, it's, it's 12 right. quadrillion is what she was looking at. <laughs> That's amazing quadrillion jobs was the number. number. Come on, Lou. That's really going to drive up uh, the salaries. I'll tell you what. 10,000 million jobs since President Biden took office, uh, which is the fastest job growth in history. So you're asking me, where is the success? Here it is. All right. So uh, good news. There are more jobs uh, out there than there are actual employees to fill those jobs, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, uh and that's not a surprise to, I think, anyone, Slater. I mean, you, you go anywhere, you certainly will see a help wanted sign, so especially in the service economy or restaurants, fast food, uh, TJ Maxx, right? You know, retail sales, anything you will see. There's a help wanted sign literally on the front door of Vons when I walked in the other day. I mean, there's a, you know, a, a QR code to scan to join our team. Everybody's looking for help. And if you've ever tried to get help, like, you know, hire people. Uh, there's a backlog to uh, get anything fixed around your house, yeah, right? You've experienced it. And everything's understaffed. Everything's um, understaffed, right. So two things. First, when she's bragging about fastest job growth, uh, growth of course you're going to have the fastest job growth. When we just coming out of laying off the most amount of people ever in the history of the world because of COVID, like literally like, Everything's shut down. Like, you never do that. That's the dumbest, worst economic policy of any. You don't shut down the economy if there's an earthquake, if there's an alien invasion, if there's no reason, excuse to ever do that. And that's what we're coming out. So when you hit the depths of the depths, of course, there's going to be growth after. Here's what's so 
wonky and bizarre about the scenario. And someone very smart explained this to me, and I want to see if I can do uh, a good job of it. The economy, think of the economy as an airplane. We printed so much money, we spent so much money because of our reaction to COVID that this plane, the economy, just put on turbo boosters and shot through the stratosphere. It's just crazy. That's why inflation went out of control, right? There's all this money in the market and it was just insane. So the Fed is like, whoa, 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 we got to slow down the economy. We got to try to land this plane. So that's why they're raising rates. And that's why like... People are not investing as much and buying. Right, homes they're as raising much rates to make money much. more expensive, so that you don't, uh, you know, you, 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 so so that you think twice of spending it and hang exactly. on to it more, and that slows things down a little. We got to slow things. But here's what's crazy: they can't slow it too much because then the plane crashes in the ground, and we don't want that. But they got to slow it, otherwise inflation continues to go crazy. So what's bonkers about this is she says this is good news. We're hiring all these people, but good news is bad news. Because if it's good, that means the economy's hot. That means they have to keep raising rates. And that's not good. That's what leads to more recessions and whatever. If the news was bad, then the feds would be like, oh, okay, we're closer to landing the plane safely. And we can kind of leave rates where they are. So the quote unquote good jobs numbers means that the economy's still too hot and they're going to keep raising rates. And that's going to hurt a lot more people. Yeah, there's no question that you know this was self-inflicted. That's that's the part, and I know this sounds wonkish, but I, I try and explain it to people this way that ask me, having spent 15 years on Capitol Hill working for uh, the chairman of uh, finance committee. So, when the federal government prints money. Uh, and then mails it to you, which they did like monthly, you know, during COVID, right? In large amounts, four figures. That makes every single dollar in your checking account worth less because there's more dollar bills everywhere. When instead of sending, just imagine everything was a dollar bill as opposed to other denominations. Every single dollar bill that's mailed to you for free, for not working, for not producing, for not earning, makes every single dollar bill in your checking account worth a little bit less because there's so many dollar bills everywhere. Hooray! Look, dollar bills. People saying home got dollar bills. You worked got dollar bills. All the dollar bills everywhere, right? So that's what happens, and that's why uh, you know you're, you're seeing what you're seeing. It's why it takes more of those dollar bills now to go out and buy a Big Mac. Yeah. It takes more of those dollar bills to go out and buy. A, a, a GMC Denali. It takes more of those dollar bills to you know to buy an airline ticket because they're just so plentiful. They're not worth as much. Okay, I will see your wonkiness and I will raise you some numbers <laughs> just People, to see how deep. economics professors in their cars are happy. I'm not sure everyone else is coming along. <laughs> oh, no, this will be great. It'll be great. All of World War II cost four point seven trillion dollars. We did a lot in World War II. Yeah, right? we did. I mean. We Conquered Europe, swept across the Pacific, <laughs> ended the war in four years and demilitarized. A lot of battleships, a lot of guns, a lot of Jeeps, a lot going on. $4.7 trillion. That's today's money, 4.7, adjusted for inflation, 4.7 trillion. COVID, 5.2 trillion. Yeah. Right? Staggering, now, right? We spent now, more money in COVID relief uh, and, and handling COVID, which is mostly COVID relief. Uh, than we spent to win World War II and demilitarize. And we printed on top of the 5.2. Those are just like the PPP and all that. Else. On top of that, we printed $13 trillion. Those chickens must come home to roost. And that's what we're seeing right now. And things are wonky. And here's my big kicker. Here's the most important thing. I don't trust these people who got us here to make it any better. 
So that's that's part of the problem, too, is the same people that put us in this position are still in charge of the money and the monetary policy and whether or not to mail you even more dollar yeah. bills. Oh, the same people said, oh, there won't be recession. We're going to print $13 trillion. Uh, there won't be recession. There won't be recession. There won't be recession. Everybody, we trust these people to get us out of a recession. It's insane. So when we come back, uh, two things. One, we want to talk with you if you know somebody who's not working. Uh, yes. We all do. 800-600-COGO, 800-600-5646. How are they paying how, the bills? How are they paying the bills? Why aren't they working? Mm. Wages are high and continue to go up. This is a worker's market. You can walk in and say, I see the sign says $19 an hour, but I'm not showing up Monday for a dime less than 21. Uh, yeah. You can do that in this yeah. market. Why aren't they working? If you know somebody that isn't working, 800-600-COGO, 800-600-5646. We'll take your telephone calls. Also, there's another theory out there as to why people are sitting home. We'll get into that. That's all coming up next. If you're just tuning in, you're like, wait, what? Where am I? What's, what station am I listening to? Uh, I've been over at 760 for 12 years now, and Lou's been here for four years. We finally teamed forces, joined forces, teamed forces. What am I talking about? I'm a radio professional. We finally joined forces here on uh, Slater and Lou. And it's yeah, spit it out, broadcaster. <laughs> it's late. I'm sure it's like bedtime. What's going on here? Um, <laughs> all right, here's the deal. Uh, That's right. You're, you're just now getting used to these evening hours. You, you used to be on in the middle of the day. So yeah, this would be we, time that you'd be had, like doing dishes. Well, see, you can't do dishes. You can't run the dishwasher. You can't do any housework anyway. <laughs> so you're better off being here on the radio with me. No, I literally have to readjust my brain. Like uh, I usually work from 12 to 10 to 3. So 10, no, sorry. It's bedtime, Lou. I have three kids, one more on the way. This is normally bedtime, but I got to readjust my brain here. And this is like normal human hours. Like people are awake normally at six o'clock. We often are in bed. Here's the story. Uh, labor numbers just came out and it's, they're good. The job numbers are good. But as I explained in the last segment, it's, it's bad because things are still going too well. Like things are too good, but then sort of feel good. So there's 10 million job openings in America, but only 6 million unemployed people. So even if every one of those unemployed persons went and got one of these jobs, there'd still be 4 million job openings to go. What's happening here? Who are these? They're called missing workers. Who are the right. 4 million missing workers? I mean, you have the 6 million who are not working, and then you still have this gap of 4 million. So what's going on here? And I don't know what these people are doing, and that's what we want you to call in and help me understand. I literally don't know where these people are. So 800-600-COGO, 800-600-5646, if you or you know someone who's not working, tell us how that came to pass and, and, and what you're doing and why you're not working. So this this was on this morning's uh, COGO News uh, in the morning uh, with Ted and LaDonna. Uh, our news director, Cliff Albert, does a commentary. Uh, and he said this morning, uh, the two and a half years of living in a pandemic has led a lot of people to rethinking what they want to do when life deals you a jolt like COVID has done for all of us. Uh, there is time for self-reflection and self-evaluation that can lead to changing jobs and seeking new kinds of careers. So uh, the, uh, the working theory is that COVID, among the things that happened during COVID, it gave us time to think. Uh, and a lot of people have chosen to go elsewhere with their lives and not, you know, work the grind, not do the nine to five and, and not participate in the workforce, I suppose. But then, of course... Slater, how are they paying the light bill? That's the yeah. part I can't figure out. Yeah, okay, this is very good. So if you'd asked me to imagine the unemployed person today, uh, you know, it's, I think most of it, 
Surely, well, no, because there's going to be the guy who doesn't want to be unemployed and is like doing his best to get out there. But as we're talking about, there's tons of jobs out there, uh, but maybe it's not enough pay. So they're waiting for the right job. OK, you got some of that. I think we tend to go also to the deadbeat, lazy guy, smoking pot, playing video games, living dead you know, off the welfare checks or whatever. But what you're proposing is this other group of, let's say, wives who because of school lockdowns decided to homeschool their kids and now they're not working they're homeschooling instead something like that is that that next group or not even necessarily homeschooling uh, maybe their kids are back in school but they were home i mean we all were homeschooling when we were zoom school right and so I don't know if you were able to get your boss to agree to that and you were able to figure out a way uh, but maybe there are women or husbands uh, who said you know what this is actually pretty cool uh, maybe we don't need two incomes maybe you know even though the kids are in school maybe i can you know be a room mom or I could be home, you know, and live a, a smaller, lighter life that's uh, less money coming in, but it's more joy. And, uh, and I, then I can be home at two o'clock. The kids don't have to go to the YMCA or yeah. they don't, I don't have to pay a babysitter because I'd be here. Uh, and I'd be here in the morning to make, to make them breakfast rather than give them money, you know, to go or, or worse to eat that ridiculous breakfast. They serve you, <laughs> even though it's free, I'd rather pay to feed them real food. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. I wonder if we could ever know the percentage of the unemployed who are that, because that to me seems like a very uh, righteous, thought out, well planned, put together, uh, intentional uh, effort, and that's very, very good. I, I doubt that's very many. Or uh, we put it like this: it really can't be that many in San Diego because it is so expensive. So expensive, to be. right? At the Maybe end of the day, how do, you, how do you stay in the same house, right? And uh, yeah. pay the same property taxes. All right, let's find out. 800-600-COGO, 800-600-5646. Slater and Lou. So Christian is in Rancho Bernardo. Christian, you're on COGO. Hey, guys. How are you? We are Good well. Man. Hey, uh, Lou. Nice to meet you. Slater, you and I have talked before. Great, man. Good to hear you again. Thanks for coming over. Yeah, not a problem, man. Um, I can tell you exactly why I'm not working right now, and uh, I'm not very proud of it. Um, I am gainfully uh, seeking employment in my industry, and uh, even though everybody's advertising that there are a lot of people out there that are uh, looking to hire, right, I still uh, am not... Uh, able to find anything in my industry. So uh, my story is this, very simple. Um, my wife, uh, well, rather, I'm going re- I'm, I'm to restate that. I'm going to say my ex-wife. Uh, she and I had refinanced our house. And uh, when COVID hit, I realized how much money we had in the bank. And uh, my company at the time made me sign, uh, two contracts indicating that I could not go back to work. Um, I knew too much about research and development. And, uh, the wife said to me, she said, um, stay home for a year. You got 365 days. I mean, is, is your wife working? I mean, so how do you, how are you making ends meet in the meantime? And why not work just a, a job job uh, in the meantime just to bring in extra money and to right, keep yourself right, busy? Right, right, right. We got, we got 30 yeah, seconds, no, but I want to hear uh, the answer. She's still working. She's still working. Uh, we're not together anymore. Uh, how, are you, how are you paying the bills? Right, how are you driving? You're in a car right now. How did you get gas? 
Uh, I own my car flat out. Are you uh, using the refinance money? Is that why you said that? You used the refinance money? No, 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 no. I paid my car off years ago. No, but just in general. Like, literally, how are you paying for anything at all? I'm not. How do I'm you basically mean? homeless. Well, I, appreciate, I appreciate the call. I mean, so people are taking it to an extreme, Slater, that they're, they're literally just spending out what remaining money they have rather right, than so going to take the job. He said a lot of really interesting things. Uh, I was just talking to a divorce lawyer the other day. I ran into him in Rock and Jenny Subs in Escondido, and he said the number one cause of homelessness is divorce, men who get divorced. That was an inter- interesting tidbit in that there. And selling the house or doing a refinance in the house and getting all this money out of it and kind of living off that, I bet there's some of that too, a lot of that, unfortunately. All right, when we come back, I, I, I want to talk about this because this all goes back to that work ethic thing that we're talking yes. about. I do think that the COVID relief money did a, a, it did a job on Americans' work ethic. Because yes, he said he's not proud of it. He's That's not proud an of it. interesting point Oh, that was such Very a great phone call, Christian. All right, Thank perfect. You. All right, let's get to that next on News Radio 600 Kogo. Hey, this is Slater and Lou. I'm Mike Slater. That's Lou Penrose. Welcome to the news show here. Slater and Lou every weekday, 5 to 7 on the News Radio 600 Kogo. Grateful you're here. Um, we're talking about the, the job numbers that just came out, and now we're really making it personal because these are it's about real people here and work so Lou what's the what's the headline of the job numbers here how do you define it I mean basically the August jobs report came out shows that the labor force is still strong uh, and the the, the the they're still creating jobs right 315,000 jobs were created in August alone and there's tons uh, of openings that tons people of still openings. aren't taking so you have, people you are have still not taking the job 10 million open jobs and 6 million unemployed so even if these 6 million unemployed took a job you'd still have a huge huge job opening. so what's almost going 2 to on? 1 I mean think about that it's almost 2 to 1 there almost two jobs for every eligible employee that, that by the way you know that doesn't take into effect all those who are no longer you know in the labor force that have segregated out i mean whether whether or not they're able to work or not hmm. uh but of all the able-bodied 18 to 50 year old people out there uh there's two jobs available for them if they want to take them and they're still yeah. not taking them yeah okay so who are they that's it that's our question right so we start making movies in our head okay so it's the uh deadbeat Smoking pot in mom's basement. Okay, uh, maybe as we kind of, maybe it's uh, maybe some moms who no longer want to live the feminist dream in the office and want to spend more time at home with their family. Okay, great, beautiful, right? Um, or it's perhaps men like Christian who called in just a, ma- a moment ago, who's unemployed, been unemployed since the beginning of COVID, who gave us some really interesting details that we need to flesh out. This is really good stuff. First, laid off because of COVID makes me furious, absolutely yeah. furious because none of this was necessary. And it's unjust, and I hate it for him that this led him down this path. Hate it, hate it. Second thing he said, he got a refinance on the house. So because property values went through the roof, did like this refinance, I'm sure also did like a cash out, has a ton of money, flush with cash, feeling rich, like I can live all this forever now. Not wise to do that. Uh, divorce. Okay, so who knows how much the ex-wife got. Kids involved, don't know. Now, That's now a shame, by the way, that uh, his marriage came apart as a result of getting a lot of money out of the equity of the house. I mean, you know, that, that's, uh, you, would th- you would think that would have eased whatever strains there were on the marriage, having some cash to, uh, to at least, you know, fill some, fill some holes, right? Or now I got this cash, now I can leave. I'm out of here. I'm taking the money and I'm out of here now. Uh, so now he's paying for two houses, right? Like her house that he's not living in and his, it's like a mess, right? So he ended the call with, I'm basically homeless now. Because we're like, how are you paying for anything? How do you pay for your car? How do you pay for the cell phone? He said, I'm basically homeless. And I can hear the despair in his voice, and it absolutely breaks my heart. 
So here's it breaks my, my heart, but also, I, you know, in my head, and I know there, there's people in the car listening to us, listening, saying, "Get why aren't you working? Get a job." Uh, Slater Lewis saying that the numbers are out and there's so many jobs. Why? Why the apprehension? Uh, what's happened yeah. to that work ethic? Because he did yeah. say that he's not proud of himself, and and I, I I'll bet because. You know, pride comes from a hard day's work. I mean, it's amazing how that happens in America, but you will feel good about yourself if you work hard for eight hours and get a paycheck for it. Yeah, Christian's depressed. Uh, right. And he's spiraling and he can't, he thinks, I, this, let's not talk to him for eight seconds. Uh, he's mentioned something about a security clearance. So I bet he had a pretty high level job and working in and out is beneath him. Doesn't want to take it, waiting out for that big time, huge job. Never going to get it at this rate. Not going to get it out of your car. Uh, Christian, you got to take something. You got to pick yourself up now, man. It's you do not worse. have to be homeless. Uh, that's that's what I want to tell. Don't be, don't do it, Christian. If you're listening, don't be homeless. Work is work, man. I, I get it that you know it's, uh, you know it's you know there's no 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 glamour uh, in working at Burger King, but there's no glam there's no glamour in poverty, my brother. I mean, work is work, and they're paying people a lot of money to just keep an eye on the store. I mean, literally standing behind a counter at Macy's, uh, they're paying people twenty two dollars an hour, and you 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 probably have skills way way beyond that, oh. but. You can make yourself $38,000 while, while you're waiting for something else to happen, uh, $38,000 a year. I would take that gig in a second. Christian, you're a good man. You will be running that fast food joint in a year. You'll be the manager. You'll be the top dog. You'll be making way more than, uh, than the person who just joins on, right? You got to get out there and do it. And it's here's my spiritual reason why. Tim Keller, actually two authors, Tim Keller, pastor, uh, wrote a really good book called um, uh, Every Good Endeavor. And then uh, let me start this one first. So he writes a lot about the importance of work from a Christian right. perspective. And there's a bunch of great points. But one of them is uh, God created and you working are participating in God's creation process. And you are bringing order from chaos. And that process is good for your soul. It's good for you. You need it. It's good for your dignity. It builds you up so that you can go on and do bigger, better things. Right now, you're spiraling. If you're not doing anything, you're getting more and more and more depressed over time, and you're spiraling down, and that's not going to work. The other but book is Arthur. I, go ahead. Go, go no, I mean, there, there's certainly a Judeo-Christian ethic to, to work, and I, I appreciate that. But it, it's beyond that. There was an American ethic of work, right? I mean, you, in your mind, you know, you talk about you know painting pictures in your mind or making movies in your head. Um, you know, back in the day when you know people were down and out, and all the old movies of people, you see them scurrying with the tie on and the hat and the briefcase as they go from job interview to job interview, right? You know, trying so hard. Right, all those black and white movies. I mean, there was a sense that I've got to get a job, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go to six job interviews and and take the job. I'm gonna take a job that's a lower pay than I'm worth because I need to get the job. I mean, that used to be what happened in this country. There, there was no sense. There was no time to spiral downwards in depression uh, because you were bit. You there was it didn't happen. You would go out and get a job. I want to find the clip from Cinderella Man where Russell Crowe gets like welfare money. And then he stands in line at the welfare office and returns it. And the lady's like, what? <laughs> like what? And he just couldn't accept it anymore because he didn't need it. Uh, but that's a movie. I'll give you a real life story. Booker T. Washington, born a slave. He was 16 years old. He heard about a school. It was 500 miles away. 16. He's got no money. He used to be a slave. He was working in the salt mines, right? So he goes 500 miles somehow to get to this school. He gets to the city that it's in. He is broke. 
He has no money. It's, it's no food. He hasn't eaten. Ever. He sleeps in the side underneath the sidewalk during the night, wakes up in the morning, desperate for food. And the first thing he does is he goes to the local docks and begs the man there if he could work for as long as it takes, for as many hours as it takes, so that I can earn enough money to go buy food. And I love that story because the idea of him begging for money or asking on the street for money never crossed his mind. He assumed that, of course, he would have to work in order to earn money, uh, in order to get food. He would never beg for money. He had to work for it. That was in 1872 and how far we've fallen to people waiting for the check to come in the mail. Waiting for the check. All right, well, there is an economic component to all this because, you know, salaries are salaries and money is money and an average uh, eight-hour day needs to pay. If people aren't moving off mom's sofa for $18 an hour, is, does it stand to reason that they would for even more? Do the wages have to go up? We'll talk about it. That's coming up next. Slater and Lou on News Radio 600 Coke. Lou, I was mistaken. Cinderella Man is a true story as well. So Cinderella oh, wow. was true. That's a true story. He paid the money back. And the Booker T. Washington story is uh, true, too. There you go. All right. There you go. So, so you stay, stand corrected. Slater right. and Lou on News Radio right 600. Go, go. There you go. Talking about these job numbers that came in for the month of August, showing that jobs are being created. Almost two jobs for every worker available out there. Uh, but yet help wanted signs all over San Diego. Labor shortages. We keep hearing it. So wages are going up, which is always amazing to me um, that uh, people are not you know, coming out of not being in the labor force to participate in the labor force for what is the most amount of money Slater than, uh, you know, ever was being paid for service work. And yeah. it's pretty good money when you can say, look, I mean, I'm not ta- I always talk about making hamburgers because I, I worked at Burger King. Uh, but when you look at, you know, thirty eight, thirty nine thousand dollars a year for assembling a Whopper with cheese, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I can say that because I did it. I mean, it's yeah. not like Why it's Burger King. Why would you work at Burger King and not another fast food place? It was the closest one to my house. I didn't have to cross like a major, you know, road that my mom didn't want me to cross on my bike. So it was, <laughs> it was like, how were you? House. How were you at making that burger? I liked it. I, I I joke about it, but it was one of the better jobs I've had uh, because you know it, it is a then it was focused on teenagers. So they had you know special programs to help empower teenagers yeah, to be when leaders. When did that happen? When did that stop being a teenager's job? Uh, I think it stopped being a teenager's job when. They started paying just enough to kind of afford to be an adult, oh, but not enough to be like an adult with a family. And then they yeah. went around saying, nobody can, you can't, uh, you know, uh, feed a family of four. You can't raise a family <laughs> on the pay that they pay you at Burking. That's no why kid. they got to raise a salary. What is it with this minimum wage? You can't. And, uh, you know, of course, the answer is nobody told you to start a family while you're working at Burger King. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was designed to be for teenagers to get into the workforce and learn work ethic and also an opportunity for perhaps seniors or, or older people that were out of the workforce but still wanted to make a little bit of income. And, and that was at least my Burger King it was all teenagers from my high school. And like during the day, it was some really, really cool seniors that I got to know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, now you're making 40K doing it and people don't want to do it or something. And they don't want to do it. Yeah, because it's beneath them. It's beneath them. Right. Well, that, or it's, it's not really, but that's the thought. That that's why is it? Chris is is not it, doing. I don't know. I, I all right. So is it beneath them for twenty five dollars an hour? Now you're talking yeah. like forty two thousand yeah, dollars yeah. a year. Yeah, it's 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 because it's psycho it's psychological at this point. I don't think someone who used to work in the defense industry, for example, that last guy, would ever work at a burger. <laughs> well, all right, but uh, or or else what? I mean, nothing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they take their pride and take it to the 
Homeless. Well, you don't have to work at a Burger King. I mean, what about working in retail? What about working, you know, in, in service? I mean, you know, just nah, literally pride, cashier pride, at the Sprouts. Pride is way too powerful for us. I bet there's so many v- overqualified people who are not taking that lower job, lowly job, because uh, it's beneath me. I bet that's a huge factor. So I'm, I'm fascinated by that. All right. So what? Yeah. So what? What's the end plan then? I no mean, plan. just literally spend pride. all the money that you have and then. I have no plan and wait for somebody to, to bail you. I mean, what's yeah. the, the theme of the show? Oh, I love when you see, here's the deal. When you talk principles, themes emerge uh, organically. You didn't intend them to. The theme of the show is blinding. That's the word that comes about. The first hour was about the rage of the left against Trump. It's so blinding that they can't see what's right, what's proper, what's even politically expedient. It's just fueled by rage. And I think the same thing here. It's pride. Pride is blinding. Uh, it doesn't matter. You, you, you're trying to like rationalize it out. Like, how am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to provide? No, no, no. I'm not doing that job. It's beneath me, period. End of story. No further thought mad but it's so that that's too much of a safety net that then we've gone we've over we've gone overboard we've created too big of a cushion there used to be this thing called the cold hard cement my grandparents Wait, used to use that what? term what was the it cold hard cement right i mean that was a kind of a phrase I, that we i use. still don't know that third word <laughs> What's the third oh, word? like cement like concrete like the, you'll be you'll be tossed out onto the cold hard cement if no, you no, 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 hold on hold on hold on hold on how do you pronounce that word? C- cement. C-E-M-E-N-T. No, that's not how you that, that, You said it three different times with one syllable. You said cement with <laughs> one I, syllable. My New York is coming out now. Yeah, you did it the opposite. My wife says cement in 12 syllables. You said it in one. That was unbelievable. Okay. But, cold but, 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 cold, but hard, cold hard, hard cement, right? It was the imagery of the cold hard cement, right? If you gambled your way the, 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 yeah. the rent money, you'd be tossed out on the cold hard cement. If you uh, were irresponsible, if you didn't do the things you were supposed to do, if you got drunk and didn't show up to work, you'd yeah. be tossed out onto the cold no. hard cement. It's that was the phrase cold. my grandpa. There was no cold, cold hard cement. Not as cold, not as hard. Yeah. And, but that's not good. That's not nope. good for us. If there's no threat of the cold hard cement, <laughs> cracking you up. <laughs> Cement. Cement. Oh, that's so good. But like, if there isn't any threat of that, then there's never a day like, where that you'll actually go and get the job at Burger King. I there has to be wait. a day in America where you will go to work. I, I can't wait till you write me an email and it has the word cement in it and you smell it. You sp- smell it. You spell it S M E N T. That's cement. Cement. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you, what is, what is he talking about? Um, Okay, so you're t- we're talking about the people who are who have been employed. How about this one? Let's talk more about the cement. Forty percent of kids, forty percent young kids. I don't even know what generation they call now, Z or what, young. I don't know. Forty percent of kids. You want to know what they want to be when they grow up? YouTube influencers. What is that? <laughs> that's, what, that's what my kids are always talking about. That's what they want to be. 40%. Oh really? Oh I yeah, you it on the head. Oh yeah, that's it. Yo, literally, YouTube influence. I, mean, I thought you knew. I thought you saw the story. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's no. That's, that's it. That's every. Yeah, every 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 eighth grader wants to be a YouTube influencer. Now, this listen. is where you go around and like videotape yourself doing things, and you put it up on YouTube, and you get a million followers, and YouTube mails you a check. Yeah, everyone can't be an influencer influencing everyone. <laughs> like that's a, right. Now, listen, I know we just came out of generations of, um, you know, I want to be a, uh, or a celebrity and a. Uh, I want to be a uh, like an NFL quarterback or whatever. But I, there had to be a generation before that where it was like, I want to be, I don't think anyone wanted to work in the coal mines, but I think there was like, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be what my daddy does. I want to work. There's like a concept of work. And now I don't even think, 
I think listen, most kids are growing up without even a dad in the home. They don't even see work. And that's another thing. It's one thing to have a dad or a man not working. It's another to have a son see his dad not working to the point where they don't even have an understanding of going to work. So when you say, hey, young man, you need to go to work when you turn 18. He's like, what? What's work? Right. Never yeah, even heard of it. Never even heard of it. And I, and I worry about this whole work from home and this work three days a week yeah. and this teleworking. It's like, well, I don't, you don't go to work. You walk around here all day. Yeah, you're in your pajamas uh, all day, Dad. I can't, yeah, I can't be a positive imagery. Here. Nobody wow. puts on a tie and grabs a briefcase and goes to work. And what, what are people seeing? You're right. Yeah. Okay, so Arthur C. Brooks, we got to go, right? Arthur, yeah, Arthur C. Brooks, uh, he wrote a great book, uh, The Conservative Heart. He says there's four elements to happiness, four factors. Faith, family, community, and meaningful work. And I'd say all four of those are being eroded in profound ways. And COVID just put the pedal to the metal on the meaningful work part. And that is a major problem to, uh, 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 let's bring it back around, Lou, the soul of the nation. Yeah, I agree. I teach my boys. Every, every healthy person earns, saves, spends, and gives. Earns, saves, spends, and gives. Uh, and so I have, I have very little tolerance for people who are not earning at some point in their day. Yeah, because if you don't do that, you can't save, which almost no one does, and you can't give. You're not in a position to help others either. Uh, wow. All right, very good. Hey, that's Lou Penrose. I'm Mike Slater, and uh, that's the end of the show, and we hope you have a fantastic weekend.